0: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
3: Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic. And then we research and splice in all the mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously
2: learning. Today we are talking about breakfast. Greg is going to tell us about his breakfast-induced constipation problem, and I'm going to let you know how I grew up on literally pogos and pizza pops and like basically trash for breakfast and how that has impacted me long-term in my life, and then we are going to have a debate over the age-old question, should you be eating breakfast at all in the
3: first place? Today's side notes will be presented by myself, Greg, Mitch, and Rachel.
0: Hey friends, let's get into
2: it. Hey. Hi. Is Whoa. that the it's the Ross from Friends? Hi guys. Or so he does that too. Oh my you god, know? what? <laughs> wow. Ross from Friends? Like, no. You weren't part of culture, were you? <laughs> oh my god,
3: what do you mean? I obviously know who Ross from Friends that,
2: <laughs> But <laughs> No he goes Is that hey. whenever he's sad and am yeah. like what's Hi. wrong? Hi. Um, okay, I, let's I did and, that again. because I wanted to bring up something which is the phrase that Monday sucks. Mondays what? suck, you know, what? like, just like, and I was wondering, I feel like I've been in this loop my entire life. I've Wait, never I'm out. sorry.
3: What does Ross saying, hey, Monday, like, Because he says that when that he's, like,
2: me. in that kind of mood, like. Okay. okay, okay, And I was like, it's Monday, and I just want to talk about how Mondays suck. Yeah, Ross suck. is very Monday. Phoebe's Thursday. Continue. Yes. Phoebe's Friday, okay. <laughs> Phoebe is my favorite character yours. What's yours. Phoebe, obviously. Yes, <laughs> I feel like that's every day. Z- okay, I just wanted to say, um. How do you get out of the loop of Monday sucking? Like, my entire life, it's like, Sunday blues, Monday sucks. And it's like, why am I living in this insane, repeated cycle of not being able to just be like, here's how I make Mondays better? Okay, so I listened to one meditation podcast yesterday. (laughs) For the first
3: time in your life. (laughs) Suddenly, I heard it, like, blasting on the speakers, and Greg was like, I'm feeling really great, Mitch. I had a bath, and I listened to a meditation podcast, and I think that, honestly, you need to understand that... You need to become the ocean And there will be I waves I cannot No, no Excuse that's, me That's not how I make Mondays yes, better <laughs> The waves are the Monday and the Sunday And that's the wave And you need to be understand that you are the ocean And that those waves will come And when you're in them You just need to understand that it doesn't matter that If I feel this way make I'm sense. gonna get out of this And it's fine And you will see that you will be elevated I that. do not believe you right now you I'm do- actually not kidding I literally this morning shut my eyes with my coffee And I was like Greg, it's the wave Be the ocean <laughs> And it worked <laughs> Because I was having anxiety, okay, whatever. I don't need to defend this because I had <laughs> because-
2: <laughs> okay. let's get but on with it. It's,
3: it is the wave. be the ocean, and we will get through this. Oh, what did we learn this week? Mitch, you go first, because, you know, you have vengeance. Okay.
2: Mine's a study I just saw come out today, but it's also linked to one I saw, like, about a month ago, and I thought, hey, I also kind of want to make a video on this. Whoa, you read a lot of studies. And we just released a video on brushing your teeth, uh, and this video is related to that. Uh, so, it's about this fluoride. This video, you mean this? Sorry, this fact, this study is related to the brushing your teeth Don't video because up. it's about fluoride, which goes in the water to help protect our teeth. So, we have fluoride in our toothpaste, and many, many cities in the world have fluoride in their water system. Is this something that government has control over,
3: right? Like exactly. iodine? Okay.
2: And so... Um, A few years ago, like, it was five years ago, Windsor, Ontario, voted to remove fluoride from their water. And Alaska also did this. And a study just came out that shows, surprise, surprise, huge increase in cavities in Alaska and Windsor. Windsor's spike in tooth decay was, like, um, up 51% in, I think it's between kids. Why would one vote to not? Well, there's been some weirdly, it's like I was looking into it, and there's no official organization that's, like, opposed to the use of fluoride. Or, sorry, fluoride in water. In fact, almost all legit institutions promote it. But there's still... It's kind of like... They don't want the government in their life. Maybe it's a bit of that. And maybe it's a bit of like, fluoride is a corrosive chemical. Like, we shouldn't be putting this into our water system. But... It's obviously changing. It's like it's a protective measure, and so Windsor, as an example, is now. Oh my now, god, is Windsor embarrassed? Probably they have to spend eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars just to reintroduce it into the water. Isn't that crazy? What do you mean? What like to like that's dilute the it? In? No, that's the cost, I guess, of the program to reintroduce it after they voted it out five years ago. So, it's not cheap. I mean, that's Windsor's not, not honestly, a very big city, though,
3: but I'm also oh okay, because I'm like that's also not as much money as I maybe would have thought.
2: Yeah, but, I'm like, but indie for movie a city budget. of like Toronto, Windsor, maybe has like uh, what, a few hundred thousand, three hundred thousand people or something like that. Yeah, that's true. It's close
3: to Detroit. I love Detroit and no offense, Windsor, but all I know of it is driving through it to get to the
2: D. <laughs> but yeah, that I thought was interesting. It's just kind of goes to show like, let's just listen to the science. And it's a fair to have concerns. It's fair to say, hey. Fluoride's corrosive. Should we not test this? But it's like it has been tested in small doses. It's actually like good for our health to help prevent it. Not good for our health, but helps prevent against cavities and problems with teeth, especially. So
3: like literally everyone Windsor is in Windsor is going like one two three oopsies. All right, what did you learn this week? Okay, so mine is about
2: penguins. My Ooh. interesting fact, because
3: seriously, everyone loves penguins. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say there's not a single person that doesn't like penguins until they're gay. You know what I mean? Like until the penguins are gay. Oh, and you mean so- like homophobes exist? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. There's like those cute little penguin
3: boyfriends that but, like, like took care of penguins. Literal blockbuster. Like whenever Planet Earth tries to market their show, they're like, "There's yeah, penguins! Exactly. Um, okay. So penguins in the Antarctic—they found by studying their poop. <laughs> their poop um, that they (laughs) now have pathogens that have, only been able to be passed on to them by humans. So oh. whether it's from tourism into Antarctica or literally scientists going to Antarctica to study them. Oh no. Or but the other thing is like we're always like humans like anthropocene like we're the worst, but they're also like maybe it's migratory birds coming from like oh, where touch, humans are right. in South America Spreading and like going diseases. to Antarctica. Okay. But they found that they have the bacteria can't be bilobacter. Dearie Oh wow, that sounded like a song. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, that's exactly how you pronounce it. So mm-hmm. do not question me. And it's the uh, bacteria that causes you to have food poisoning. So they like oh. and it's it's a human pathogen, so it's like literally somehow these penguins have got it. Whether it's the tourists vomiting overboard on their cruises or whatever, they en- ended up with the pathogen that actually causes food poisoning, among oh. with many others. So They obviously are saying that this could be an issue with the penguins. Uh, 24 species of like, I think, obvious. I don't know. I'm not going to say some random number, but it wasn't all (laughs) the penguin species that got it, but 24, which is a significant amount. So it's just a new issue for them. Chilling on their Antarctica. That's now all these humans coming in, and then now they're starting to get a little bit sick.
2: Oh, is it like deadly? Should we be worried?
3: Well, it's more of those like in the future we need to be concerned. Like obviously some penguins have died and some penguins have gotten sick. It's more just like they didn't really think about the impact of that. But I also didn't realize that humans can pass on pathogens to animals. Like you forget about that. Okay,
2: I vote that humans can no longer explore like beautiful nature landscapes. it's literally like <laughs> that's like so, you're, like we're tri- We've explored we're, enough. We're planning a trip to Panama to like go to the rainforest. Yeah, we have to stop that. We have <laughs> we can only go to space. There's no more exploring Earth. Oh my god, that's Earth. A- <laughs> All right, fine. Right. Stop uh, uh, you don't have to Save tell me Save the penguins. Don't have to tell me
3: twice. Story time. Story
2: time. Story time. Story time.
3: You know, this podcast is about controversial subjects, and I think there is <laughs> nothing more controversial than the concept that is breakfast. Mm-hmm.
2: That's <laughs> actually, true. Like, not a joke. Like, <laughs>
3: if you bring up breakfast, if you're ever, like, your date's getting a little awkward, your Tinder date, it's like, what do you eat for breakfast? Like, that always works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, breakfast for me. Is a passion. It's something that I love. It's something that I've grown up with. It's actually a part of my literal identity. Ever since I've met Greg, I was like,
2: oh, well, "You have to eat breakfast. You're not going to eat breakfast. You're going to die." Okay, we're going to get well, into that, that was later. Exaggeration <laughs> much? But okay.
3: Um. So my parents slash my parents recently came up to me. They're like, "Greg, can you stop talking about us on the podcast?" So I'm not going to say my parents. I'm just going to say when I woke too, up in the morning, this is late. what <laughs> this is what was served me. So. My family cereal. That is what we ate. Like, I never really even thought about the concept of like eating something else for breakfast. And when I met
2: Greg, he did not know how to make an egg. Okay, I think I was a joke. I was no, kidding. No, was it's was like, not. <laughs> this is. I'm just saying, reinforcing that you only. Well, okay. I cereal. was really
3: embarrassed about that, but now that think back on it, I'm like, I literally only at home had You're eggs. Like, I was a revolutionary. <laughs> no, we only had eggs at like Christmas. Like as a, like those spe- <laughs> the spec, concept of a special occasion like egg breakfast, like bacon and eggs, never happened. It was cereal every day. Okay, but like not only was it like cereal can seem exciting,
2: but it was like the main staple in my house was shredded wheat do you know what this is i do know what it is but i didn't know it existed in the way that your family ate it till i came to your house one time so
3: i literally when i would drive by farms and see like stacks of hay i was like that's shredded wheat like that's what i
2: eat i knew what shreddies was or like the little sugar covered
3: ones interested in why shred is in all of these words but so shredded Mm -hmm. wheat is this weird like rectangular block of wheat that the way it was posed to me to eat was that you run it under hot water so it gets <laughs> soggy Ew. and warm. And then you add milk to it, and I loved it. And then I would put, like, all bread buds like, on it.
2: <laughs> like, in your hands, you run it under hot water? No, or you like... put it in the bowl. Okay. You put it underneath the
3: sink slash top. Okay. You turn it to warm. You warm it up, and then it gets soggy. You and empty the water out, and you add milk. That's... That's like a that you have to go to jail for that. It's not like it says to do that on the box. I'm like, I have no idea where this came like, from. This is my culture, okay? <laughs> this, is my, this is white culture. Why can't you just let the milk soak into it? Um, literally, good question. You'd have to ask uh, the ingenues, the entrepreneurs of the shredded wheat <laughs> movement. But okay, so that was one thing. All brand buds, also, shreddies is what we got. And our sweet cereal would be life. Do you remember that cereal oh yeah like, i actually like life like, me like, too i love s- life check squares right uh, you like life I actually love life i love life uh sorry so maybe mm. you need to go to the therapist because i love life <laughs> <laughs> uh but that was it that was like most of what we got oh and also never name brand so it was always like wheat squares like i would never <laughs> get shreddies you know what i mean because it's it, and like i still to this day think it's true like you look at the price it's like there's not much of a difference between the Wheat Square and the Shreddy, but the Shreddy is a dollar more.
2: Yeah, almost always I agree in terms of like when you try both, you're like, they're literally the same. And there's also like people say that the factories often make both. Like, yeah, we have Like if a video you have Cheerios that. and you have a name off-brand like Circle Sweeties or whatever, it's like they're often made in the same exact factory. But there are times when I've had off-brand ones that are mimicking another name brand and they do taste different. Placebo.
3: Um.
2: No, 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 no. no. Placebo. No, no, no. no. Placebo. In Sometimes it's not. Head. And may I just say quickly w- cereal if you go if you've ever had um corn pops in Canada what's that? amazing Wait, what's amazing that? What's sugary that? cereal uh-huh. they're like these round little puff oh, yellow balls yeah, yeah yeah corn pops great don't you dare go to the States and tell me Corn Pops are good because they're disgusting. They're like flat. They're a okay, fully I'm different confused. cereal. What are you talking- oh, it's the same brand, the same imaging. But when you get it out of the cereal box, it's a fully different like thing. Flattened. It's like and it tastes different. And it's like they just ruined. corn I pops. love those little Canadians it
3: is those changes, those differences in culture between Canada and America. <laughs> like we have milk in a bag. Yeah. If you're American, believe it. We have milk <laughs> in a bag. Um, milk also goes with cereal that's why i brought it up mm-hmm. um so obsessed obsessed with bran obsessed with the idea of bran ate it my whole entire life sometimes i would see sweet cereal and my parents were so good at it that i was actually like that's disgusting uh so then flash forward it's whatever the year was that again we're going to talk about bangladesh and i eat bran every morning like oh, yeah. on like th- to the t 8am big Bowl, all brand buds, even like maybe those weird stick brand versions, like whatever. Brand, 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 brand. We go to Bangladesh, we arrive, and we are almost immediately on this sort of like weird what was
2: it? A boat? Yeah, we we were like traveling on this like rickety boat, um that there wasn't much going on. It was just like we had to get from point A to point B. It was like a tourist. Oh, you boat. mean when we were on the actual Sundarbans tr- yeah, trip? Yeah, what do you mean? Sorry. Yeah. Okay, we spent three days in the Sundarbans. It was like a jungle. Is yeah. You so mean? it okay. was like we slept in these rooms. It was incredible because
3: there were people making us food on this little boat where I, I don't even know if there was an oven. It was the most delicious food ever. It was like five days. And on the last day, they served us ice cream. It was so hot. And I was literally like, I don't understand. <laughs> where did this come yeah, from? Yeah, and it was like, we watched them. Like, it was a small boat. But there was wasn't like, a fridge on
2: the boat. Yeah, there was, wasn't even
3: really, like, a roof. Like, I mean, it just have been something. It like. was, like, very, like, not fancy. Mm-hmm. But um, I had... Full on constipation. <laughs> I did not. Many other people on this trip did not suffer from constipation, they suffered from the opposite. I don't
2: think any. Yeah, it was literally for like... me.
3: I was like, okay, this like the way that I am, like, didn't get enough fiber. The way that my, <laughs> yeah, the way that my gut like was reacting to this situation is like that. I'm not going to the bathroom, and I thought that maybe it had something to do with like the food, the change in diet, and all these things. No access to the internet, come home. And I start really getting deep into looking at, like, what happens when you get constipation while traveling. And a big issue is potentially that if you eat cereal or fibrous North American concepts of breakfast and you don't get that anymore, you can have constipation if you change your real? diet.
2: I'm sorry I stole your punchline. Like, I didn't realize that's what you were Oh,
3: no, no, I no. I just, no. like, spoiled the fiber joke. Um, it wasn't a joke. It's, like, a point that I was actually, like, okay. And from that point forward... I diversified my breakfast. It was not all bran. It's sometimes bran on top of So it's nuts. just like your body's <laughs>
2: so used to having high fiber that then without like, it literally keeps you regular, but what happens when you don't have access to Okay, it? this is an argument I have against like doing anything healthy. Okay? okay and well. I'm just gonna say it and we're just gonna pretend it's not problematic. But sometimes I think like when I start to, to exercise, then if I don't, I feel shitty. And then I'm like, that sucks. Because, like, when I didn't exercise, I just, maybe I was feeling shitty all the time, but it was just like the baseline. <laughs> and then I didn't know Wait, I was feeling but literally shitty. Literally,
3: all you said is that when you exercise, you maybe start, that you feel, okay, you kind of just said that you feel <laughs> shitty all the time. When you exercise, you start to feel better. But I didn't know I was feeling. Feel shitty. No, no,
2: I didn't know I was feeling shitty before. Now it's like, But you just You know like If you stretch every day And then you have a few days You don't stretch You're suddenly like I feel so crappy today Well because you
3: have to Bask in the glory Of how good you feel The day that you stretch But
2: you don't know It's just the baseline Okay I just mean Your fiber baseline Is way too high And if you just were like me Like I've never been constipated Because I don't have A healthy fiber diet (laughs) Well I did change it
3: after And the last thing I'm going to say About this same trip Is we went to Nepal And at this point We It was Bangladesh India Nepal When we were in Nepal I was like I cannot eat rice and lentils for breakfast anymore. <laughs> Cause that's all that you would eat. What's it called? dal? Yeah. Dow. So they eat like what a lot of North American, I'm going to say for myself, like white people would think of as like a dinner meal. I didn't, at a like right. South Asian restaurant, but that was the for breakfast because they're obviously a different culture. I and mean, when we were sitting with this, which I was there. so into, yeah, yeah, but no. Well, eventually I was. We like... We
2: all were like, Please. no, 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 no. The the problem wasn't breakfast for me. I love a hot breakfast, but it was more like difficult to just yeah. have the same. But for me, I was like, all time. for
3: breakfast we're we gonna do this one <laughs> more time. Okay, interesting.
2: But they said we
3: met these people in Nepal who had actually lived in America for a while, and they felt the exact same way about cereal. They mm. were like, how.
2: Like didn't I can't meet these people in Nepal. It was my family. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. We yeah, stayed yeah. with my family. Who, in
3: Nepal. Who, how are you related to them again? It was they're like my mom's cousins. Your mom's cousins. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. They were living in America, and we're like, we can, we need to go home so we can get our doll breakfast because we're always out eating eggs and cereal, and it's making us feel sick. And I was like, that's <laughs> so interesting to think about mm-hmm. that like dichotomy. Anyways, that's like if you want me to keep talking about cereal, I can because it's poop. a literal passion. And what poop. No, I don't. No, that's not my passion. (laughs) Cereal is my passion, and they go hand in hand sometimes. Whenever we travel around the world, we're always very surprised at what people eat for breakfast. So today, right now, we're going to break down some of the popular types of breakfasts around the world.
0: Everybody wake up in the morning. It's breakfast time. Let's go.
3: In Canada and the U.S., we focus on cereal and milk products like yogurt, hashtag Chobani. We love eggs, toast, pancakes, and of course bacon or sausage. Just picture what you eat at Denny's. Moving down in North America geographically, we got to Mexico. Breakfasts here often include old Spanish and Portuguese dishes like migas, which in Mexico is a mix of scrambled eggs and tortillas. They also, of course, have birthed the huevos rancheros, which is now a trend here in Canada. And the basic dish consists of fried eggs served on top of tortillas with salsa and chili peppers and onions and cilantro, refried beans and avocado. This is what I always order on a brunch menu. It's delicious. A check for two. We've enjoyed brunching with you. Getting to the Caribbean, fruits factor in significantly to what you eat in the morning. Jamaica actually has a focus on a fruit called aki, which is in the same sort of family as a lychee. They'll also eat it with fried plantain in the morning. Fruits can also be paired with salted fish to provide some of the savory flavors. Moving into South America, in the morning you eat a lot of meats and eggs. In Brazil, a favorite breakfast dish is feijoada, which is a soup actually consisting of beans and meat. When I was in Colombia, breakfast revolved around arepas, which is sort of like a sweet corn cake, and it's often served in the morning with eggs and meat, but sometimes just butter and jam. Now let's move across the ocean to Egypt, where there's a dish known as ful madamas, which can be eaten in the morning, but also at lunch, and it's made using fava beans and chickpeas. In Ghana, breakfasts often include wakiyai, which is made of rice and beans. Moving geographically north to Europe, there's always a little bit of starch in the morning. For example, Germany prefers to serve its breakfast with freshly baked bread. And of course, France, you know, is home to the croissant. Moving east to Asia, fish and rice will be really popular in the morning. And in Japan, there'll also be a focus on tofu. While in a place like Thailand, there will be rice and there will be fish, but there'll also be pork. This is just a small sampling of what people wake up in the morning and put into their stomachs. And we want you to tell us what you eat every morning. Use the hashtag side note podcast and tell us. For me, I would write hashtag side note podcast. Uh, Different types of cereal mixed with uh, nuts and dried berries and milk. And if
2: I'm lucky, I'll eat an orange. Wow, that is boring. Cereal is not my passion, but I did quite like breakfast growing up but but I'd go into phases okay so for me I would start some days I just like wouldn't eat breakfast but Uh, crazy what you need to know about my family is that they're the complete opposite of Greg's and every morning for breakfast um I would there was cereal okay there was sometimes cereal. also I still go to your
3: house amazing like so we have this like
2: Mm. treasure cupboard in our house that's literally like a ginormous cupboard that you open and you get like your cinnamon toast crunch your fruit loops your it's like you a nutritionist nightmare <laughs> yeah it's just pure sugar foods corn pops all these oh, things oh also some Ch- Captain Crunch there's chips there's hot chocolate this is like the magic popcorn drawer there's like, granola bars
3: but the ones like covered in chocolate so like
2: my experience with breakfast growing up that was only half of it the other half that I leaned into a lot more was like pogos and hot pockets and like literally these things that see what I mean I like hot I like I love hot okay, things for breakfast pogos never had one didn't know what they were you've not never had no a pogo. until I went oh. to your house explain does everyone know what a pogo is a pogo is just I like a little a carnival hot, food oh some people call them corn dogs yeah so at a carnival you get corn dogs but they're basically <laughs> pogos I see
3: you when you say a
2: corny dog <laughs> you're a corn dog they just literally have a disgusting hot dog covered in like batter or bread that's like deep fried what is it not disgusting
3: disgusting disgusting hot dog.
2: Oh, hot dogs Oh, yes. I actually, now I hate hot dogs probably because I have an aversion from eating so many as a kid. But in this way, they're much better. Like when they're wrapped in like a deep fried it's bread. The and then you like put, put some them in mustard, mustard and ketchup on. For and For breakfast. Like, that was my breakfast. Nearly every single morning. Either that or a pizza pocket or a hot pocket, which are different. And I have my very strong opinions on pizza pockets are good when there's three cheese, No meat in them. But hot pockets are good when there's meat in
3: them. Um, okay. Kind of a connoisseur. <laughs> and honestly, if
2: you opened up like a hip like wow. Stand like hot pocket restaurant. It would do well. Oh, that's like a good idea. Um, Cause yeah. Oh, also Pop Tarts. Those were another thing. If I were to have sweet, because you could heat them up. At the same time, you could put them in the toaster. You could put them in the microwave, and it was just like a warm, sweet, gooey. Treat. This is what I had for breakfast like my entire life. Like what? No, I Your did. entire life. My entire life. I don't. I've was never, there never a discussion I of like ever... you can't have that pogo for breakfast. You can't do that. We come from different backgrounds. My family didn't know that. I'm not joking. Like I never didn't know that. I've never heard of brand in my life. Never heard of a like like making sure you eat healthy.
3: To be honest, but like growing were you up, ever like my parents were always like not like punishment, but they were like you can't like they like to be like c- to you got Two cookies if you eat your broccoli, like oh, whatever that oh Okay, kind of yeah, stuff? no, no. So, if like, you my give mom would a kid would, a pogo first thing, how are you gonna like?
2: Well, my family also had much more people in it than yours did, right? Like, yeah, we had more have four kids, kids, four kids growing up, and then two, two, two more came later, and then we had two dogs, and then like a cat. And it was just like a busy household, I think. So, having quick, easy breakfast things in the morning was like essential for my parents yeah, to be able to deal with like true. the kids running but around. Cereals, quick. Uh, I guess yeah. I guess you're right. But like, it's okay, I'm just saying health wasn't split. a concern. But so, flash forward to my life now, and recently we did a video on our microbiomes, and we took these tests to figure out how diverse our guts are. And our microbiome is what? So your microbiome is like the bacteria that lives in your gut and in your body that is now they're realizing it's like affecting affects your mood and your general health. And it's the, like, if you're a scientist, it's
3: like the microbiome and you're young and you're trying to figure out what to study might be a good one. Cause it's just like, it's trendy. It's on yeah, the yeah It's up, a part it's of biology. Thin, that's like untopped
2: um, But there really is a lot of crazy. Something they things. found out now is it's like what you eat before the age of six defines your microbiome for the rest of your life. So we do this microbiome test and Greg has like a, out of you can get between zero and one and like no one can have one because that's infinite diversity but more diversity is generally good greg has like a 0.96 or something right
3: (laughs) contrary to popular belief based on my 99.9 north western european
2: genealogy (laughs) i'm quite diverse in my gut yes and then i take it being like oh like i'm relatively healthy now i don't eat pogos for breakfast i like a one
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Point seven something. I don't no, know. No, point seven. Not one. Point oh, sorry. Seven. Yeah, no, point seven. Sorry. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I tried to trick you for a minute. But also people need to know that the
3: reason for that is, is that in a lot of these processed foods and things like this are a lot of like chemicals or lack of nutrients that Mm. make your microbiome less diverse and Mm. actually it's not just eating bran that helps but in fact they found out fiber is like a really good prebiotic for your gut bacteria but also eating diverse types of foods Mm -hmm. which i think is also like when you eat junk food per se you're getting just like a small slim pickings of nutrients Mm. that's why that sorry i'm just trying to explain why yours would be less diverse than mine
2: based on eating pogos for breakfast yeah but Sad to me, but but how can parents you can change keep your microbiome? Up? How can we keep up with all this? You Please. cannot really. You can minorly change it, but they said like so much of what I ate as a kid defines my microbiome for the rest of my life. Yeah, too late. <laughs> Unless I get a fecal transplant. Yeah, do it. Get someone
3: else's poop up there.
2: <laughs> no, like you
3: can do it. You can change it, <laughs> and no, um, uh, it's true. Like even like whatever you had pogos for breakfast (laughs) you only live once like that's amazing true i had a really good youth (laughs) Uh, yeah and the only benefit of this that we will end on before we move into our debate is that whenever i go to mitch's house and i see this cupboard of gluttony i can't resist myself and i go crazy and i eat so much food because like no one's stopping me i'm like how are you just allowed to eat whatever you want i don't know if anyone out there (laughs)
2: like has (laughs) this experience i don't know if it's common but i had all these awful foods and now i feel like part of that Allowed me to like resist temptation in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm sure there are plenty of people who like had it and no, but I think that to, there is something there. But Greg will come over and my family will have like a huge bowl of candy or a huge bowl of chips it, out like, for everyone. I wish I could explain to people I'm like, there's not
3: enough humans in this house ever at any time to warrant this like bowl of like, th- sometimes there's literally a bowl of like chocolates, <laughs> candies, yeah. chips that's separate to the cupboard. <laughs> and I'm like, okay,
2: it's just out. like, are you serious? Like no one's gonna talk I was gonna eat all of And it. I remember me and my little brother were just sitting with you ca- chatting, not realizing you had eaten like eighteen and I was, chocolates. Like, ripping parts. and then started you were like, I'm gonna barf and we were like, Oh my god, Greg, <laughs> we've we've had one. Like, why did you eat so many? And we just realized in that moment, like we were surrounded by all the time, so it doesn't yeah, feel like we need to it's have. That's true. Like we all have a- always have access, so you only eat it when you actually want it. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. It's fun. Anyway, so thanks, Mom and Dad. I'll talk about my parents for once for giving me the awful gut back. That you gave me, but also thanks for giving me like the best youth. And immunity, of my Nice.
0: So, I also took a test to look at my gut diversity, and like Mitch, it was not so good. But, really quickly, what is a microbiome anyway? So, you are made up of roughly 30 trillion human cells. Whoa, so many. But believe it or not, there are other cells inside us that outnumber those cells and they are bacteria cells and they are what make up your gut microbiome and having a diverse microbiome meaning lots of different species of bacteria is related to improved physical and mental health but how do you get a good gut how do you up your diversity here are five things that could help number one you're just born into it seriously Babies that were born vaginally instead of cesarean section get a lot of good, good bacteria from their moms, and that translates into adulthood. Number two, you could get a poop transplant. Wait, what? You could literally put the poop of a super healthy person into your body through a procedure that is similar to a colonoscopy. It's like an enema in reverse, but don't don't think about it too much. Literally, I can't. Ew. Literally? Ew. Hi? Okay, number three. If you don't want to get a poop enema and you weren't born vaginally, you could just take a probiotic. Probiotic pills contain billions of live bacteria with the intent that these bacteria will populate your gut. But there is some skepticism over their effectiveness. So number four is alternatively, you could eat your probiotics. Fermented foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, miso soup, kombucha, and yogurt is loaded with them. Number five is to feed the good bacteria you already have in your body foods that they like. So these foods are known as prebiotics. They are foods like leafy greens and fibrous foods, as well as veggies such as artichokes, garlic, and onion.
2: Just wanted to take a quick second, as usual, to thank you guys so much for watching and sharing our podcast. You've been, like, tweeting us and Instagramming and tagging us. Love it. Just wanted to send a reminder to keep doing that and like our podcast and the apps that you use and download it. Allegedly, the elusive download is important and it helps us, you know, get on the different charts and stuff like that. But ultimately, you sharing our podcast with a friend or family member or your teachers or your colleagues is really awesome and we appreciate it. We love making this and that just kind of makes it all continue on and we want to continue it forever for you. But thank you so much. We'll get back into the show now.
3: Based on the fact that, as I said, my cultural identity is breakfast, I'm going to be arguing. Surprise, surprise. In this debate, (laughs) that breakfast is a
2: pro. I am a pro breakfast, and you are what? I am a no-go for breakfast, um, a con. Um, Okay. Greg, I think you should go first, because that's like a classic statement. Like, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So, are you ready? First, yes. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. You can start now. To big time. So, your body, as we all
3: know, (laughs) relies on nutrients to survive, to move, to think, to exist, okay? (laughs) After a whole night of sleeping, and assuming not eating anything it makes a lot of sense just intuitively that you need to wake up get some glucose get some nutrients in there and get some liquids in there so a famous nutritionist from the 1960s said you should eat breakfast like a king lunch like a prince and dinner like a popper hmm. not, s- not the gay, not the gay sniffing drug that <laughs> loosens your anus but a popper p-a-u-p-e-r means a poor person rude so <laughs> according to the latest evidence though this is essentially true-ish, not necessarily to that extent. Again, 1960s, there's more advanced (laughs) knowledge to this. Yeah. And they think that we should be consuming around 15 to 25% of our daily energy intake at breakfast. This is according to science. Um, So a large growing body of evidence... One minute. Oh, my gosh. Supports the claim that breakfast is a really important meal, not necessarily the most important of the day. That's not what I'm arguing. I'm arguing that it's important, Okay. So, one study found that adolescents who eat breakfast have been shown to have better memory than their peers who skip breakfast. Interesting. Because I like (laughs) to enjoy memory. (laughs) Also, a study of students found, like students between the ages of 9 and 11, so we're talking like pretty young, still probably being told to eat breakfast or not by their parents, found that they actually got better grades. 30 seconds. Better grades when they ate breakfast. So that's a pretty interesting study. 5,000 students, pretty big wide net but if the breakfast was junk food hashtag pogos it literally was negligible (laughs) what they said pogos they literally were to the seconds breakfast consumers were twice as likely to do well in school although the connection didn't apply to the 20 percent of students who were eating junk food for breakfast all right five seconds so eating breakfast helps regulate your blood blood sugar your insulin levels and also skipping the meal Mm. skipping your first meal we ran out of time (laughs) yeah well interesting
2: oh no no that's the way the rules work we're gonna continue to talk after and i just honestly think that it's obvious um, i believe we follow rules in this podcast and okay um is it okay if i use studies that are like modern do you mind or do you want me to also use like 1960s i'm joking that was a
3: Uh, quote (laughs) to help get people to like think about it maybe i shouldn't maybe i shouldn't have wasted my time
2: with that (laughs) Damn famous nutritionist <laughs> from the sixties. Anyway, okay. your uh, turn. Yeah, you ready to, you ready to time me? Yeah. Okay. Tell me when to go. Go. So I need to state unequivocally that breakfast being the most important meal of the day is a full lie, and that skipping breakfast may actually be good for you. So there is some correlation between breakfast eaters having a lower risk of things like chronic uh, chronic disease, uh, they weigh less, and some of the facts that you said. But as we know, all correlation does not equal causation, and a lot of these observational studies are just that. And so when they retested many of them in randomized control studies of people skipping breakfast versus people eating breakfast, it has no impact on weight, which is a lot of the reasons that people talk about eating breakfast, that it actually like impacts your metabolism. In fact, some people say that it kickstarts your metabolism in the beginning of the day, which has been proven false. Um, the other thought is that if you don't eat breakfast, you're gonna eat more at lunch, which might be true, but they found that skipping breakfast can reduce your calorie intake by up to 400 calories a day. So even if you are eating a little bigger lunch, Overall, you're not compensating for that. Now, you might have heard of this little trendy thing called intermittent fasting, except it's not just a trend. The study bears out that intermittent fasting has a method of where you fast for 16 hours and then eat for eight. And so most people are eating between lunch and dinner only. And the evidence suggests that this method helps improve metabolic health and increases weight loss. And you've also probably heard that breakfast jumpstarts your metabolism, which I've said seconds. before. It does not. Um, eating a lot of food as soon as you wake up can also make people nauseous, not for everyone. If you feel sick, if you feel bad, by not eating, just do it, but stop telling us all of us non-breakfast eaters that we have to, otherwise we're not going to be healthy, okay? Get over it.
3: Time. Wow. Well planned. (laughs) Maybe you just didn't
2: have as much information. Okay, whoa. (laughs) You gave us a quote, okay? Get over it.
3: I want to talk about this. I'm not talking about losing weight. I'm talking about being healthy. You were talking a lot about this idea that eating breakfast makes you lose weight. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about overall health. Not Eating breakfast weight, is important. That
2: it your metabolic health is good when you fast. Yeah, that the last human study. Body but once before that, is designed. This is something my nutrition professor taught me. Is that there are four Whoa, stages. Has a degree. There are four stages of. A hunger to starvation and the human body would naturally go through three of those obviously starvation being the last is not a phase that m- humans and like uh, would want to put themselves in but as like hunter-gatherers as like our historical evolution would have bared out you would have eaten a lot of food you would have been full and then you would have gone through the other three stages as you waited for more food so and this is so, the
3: argument of intermittent fasting
2: is that yeah that it's actually good for your body to rotate through the metabolic states not going all the way to starvation but that hunger is an important part of your body's metabolism.
0: Intermittent fasting has gained a lot of attention in the past few years. So real fast, get it fast, like fasting. (laughs) Okay. What is it? And why would someone do this? There are a couple of popular options. Some people fast every other day, which is known as alternate day fasting. There is also the 5-2 diet where you eat normally for five days and then restrict calories to a quarter of your daily needs on the other two. But the most popular is time restricted feeding, sometimes called 16-8, where you would fast for 16 hours and then eat within an eight hour window. Most people would do this for weight loss, but there is some evidence that it could help you live longer. I'm gonna live forever. So, how does this work? The 16-8 diet focuses on time restriction rather than calorie restriction. So, you literally eat the same amount of food, but over a shorter period of time. During the 16-hour fast, your gut releases the hormone ghrelin, which is known as the hunger hormone. When ghrelin is released, it signals the breakdown of fat as an energy source. Fats are broken down into ketone bodies, which provide more energy than glucose. This has been tested on mice, and they found that it, yeah, can reduce inflammation, reduce tumor growth, help the mice live longer, and lose weight. But the studies on people are more limited and has not been able to consistently show that patients lose weight on this diet. Like so many things, if you are considering intermittent fasting, it should be done under the supervision of a registered dietitian. And experts say that any diet that encourages restrictive eating schedule really should be approached with caution.
3: So interesting point. I find intermittent fasting, 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 I've been reading a lot about it recently and you're right. It does work, but it takes the way that you intermittent fast is quite an intense process. It really, I'm, I do think that it's important to know that a lot of the things that we're talking about are not people who are deciding to commit to intermittent fasting. We're talking about people who may be on their on the go life, or like you said, they're nauseous in the morning, they're skipping breakfast, but they're still going to continue to eat the rest of the day. That if you can p- find it within yourself to, eat a balanced breakfast <laughs> then i really do think it is the healthiest option and it breakfast why? is important because of the reason that i said and
2: because of no, the way that so what i want to retouch on is this idea of correlation because they found that people who end up being healthier and generally feeling better are also people that tend to smoke less that tend to be more organized people who tend to eat breakfast every morning are just generally not better people, but they're just better at those yeah, aspects. Maybe so- then,
3: maybe you're right. We we can say the correlation causation thing all day, and in fact, that's pretty much all this podcast really is. Because when you make <laughs> a debate, with science. There's we're going to be pulling from studies that are always going to be trying to make a causation that maybe is not necessarily 100% true. Like when we talk about those 5,000 students and the, facts that the, the fact that the ones who ate breakfast had better grades, you're right. There's so many other things there. Parents who make their kids eat healthy, healthy breakfasts maybe are also probably the ones who are, who are more are invested. Harder, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're, I, I'm agreeing with you on that. Mm-hmm. But the point is, and what I'm trying to say is that eating a healthy breakfast is good for your body. You can't say that it's not. And I think one thing that we can agree on is I'm not saying it's the most important meal of the day, but unanimously in all the studies that I read they are saying it is important it is good for you it's good
2: for a balanced diet it's good for your brain it's good for nutrition but I'm not saying it's not good there's a difference between saying it's good for you and it's important for you those are two different things like my argument isn't that having breakfast is actually bad for you it's just that hey we all have different bodies we all have different requirements we all have different cravings why are we telling people who just actually don't desire to eat breakfast in the morning that they're being less healthy. And then encouraging those people to make sure that they're continuing to be healthy throughout the rest of the day. But having breakfast isn't just about being healthy. Like, lots of people don't eat healthy breakfast. Yeah, it says British
3: children under 10 years of age are currently consuming more than 50% of their recommended daily allowance of sugar at breakfast. Mm. So it's true. I agree. Like, you can't just assume breakfast is... Eat, consuming anything at that time like eating pogos for breakfast is actually not a good thing then you're right maybe it would have been better to skip and especially uh- if all these kids are eating so much sugar and also in japan recently um, a scientist like found out he did this he did a test that like obviously is extremely flawed he gave people ice cream in the morning and then other people nothing and the people who had ice cream in the morning like performed better on cognitive tasks and stuff mm. and it's created a trend in Japan where people are eating ice cream for breakfast oh, no. but it's like no of that course wasn't ice cream is better yeah. than nothing
2: uh, okay but Anyways, again. Interesting. I, yeah, obviously causation. I did not touch on cognitive function. So that may be true. But I think generally that's true of any time. If you need to if you need to have performance, you do need fuel for yeah. your body. But I guess I'm also just arguing for the people who don't want it. Like some people yeah, feel some physically people really sick yeah, when I mean, they eat breakfast. Okay. And I, I actually okay. used to be that way and it took me a long time. Yeah. I feel like you had an influence on me in a way. And I, I was like, yeah, maybe breakfast is so good for you. Yeah, if you're going to go do something that's demanding, you probably, say even you're going to go work out, like you probably should eat something. I mean, I'm not yeah. a nutritionist. I'm not a health expert. I don't want to actually give that advice. There might be well, reasons I've not to. Well, i all the advice to dislike. No, but there might be reasons that some experts would say, like, you don't always have to eat right before you work okay. out. You can eat after. Well, I'm, um, I'm really curious where this idea of eating three times a day even came from. Well-
3: a biological
2: search. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's very much uh,
3: like like cultural this... influence mm-hmm. thing. Also, business loves that. Mm-hmm. Cereal companies love that. Right. And so that three meals a day is like it's just something that fits in the confines of like capitalism. The nine to five. Like end of works. our yeah cultural structure.
2: Yeah. Because I'm curious. It's like, very British. What what historical humans who weren't living in our society where work was nine to five when were they eating there probably are many cultures right now that eat like smaller meals all throughout the day i don't actually yeah that well
3: that's also like a trend too like yeah
2: eat like that is actually like don't eat gluttonous but you can find studies that will back that how did we end up with three meals a day it actually wasn't always the case. In fact, early colonial folks were used to eating just one single meal. I ate one meal a day for 30 days, and here's what happened. I don't know how they did that, but it was referred to as dinner, and it was right in the middle of the day. This was sandwiched between breakfast and supper, but at the time, that was more glorified snacks than proper meals, which was usually literally just leftovers from dinner.
3: I am so... Those are the best scraps I've ever
2: had! The drastic shift actually occurred during the Industrial Revolution, and that's because people's work schedules began to change, meaning that dinner was pushed later and later into the day. And as a result, lunch was invented. on top of this, the new sedentary lifestyle that the revolution encouraged led to an evolution in breakfast as folks became more and more interested in healthier options. But the truth is, three meals a day actually isn't even a standard today. Some places like Argentina and Greece are accustomed to having four meals a day, while others like Jamaica focus on two larger meals with lots of snacks in between. For me, food is food is food, so as long as I get to eat, I'll be happy.
3: with this podcast and with all of science what's so interesting is like you can find studies to back your things up and the overarching opinion is something that you need to form and like meta analysis for example are important for that reason but even those can be flawed mm-hmm. it's why science is so interesting and so exciting because it's so nuanced yeah but it's also why it's a hard thing to make everyone interested in because yeah. everyone's like just give me the and see, even
2: like believe because sometimes it's interesting it's like even if you if something is healthier I, it's sometimes I feel like I won't feel better if I do it Until I do it for a while Like exercise as an example Like used to make me feel crappy After I do it I feel exhausted I feel lethargic I need to go to bed But I've been doing it for a while now And I'm like I actually get energy from it And now now you eat breakfast And And you didn't before and And so I wonder like what different studies would bear out in all these different ways. When you study different people who come from different starting positions, the results might actually be different, right? Like, for me to start eating breakfast might not have had the same impact on me. In fact, maybe it would make me feel worse before a cognitive test. But now I've eaten breakfast for so long, maybe it's better for me. I don't
3: know. So, we're going to end on a couple of these like funny things that I found as information. So, OJ, cereal, and milk sales are all on decline. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, really? OJ... Oh, well, cereal All and milk, that's my dream. That's my culture. Milk that's and cereal. cereal. And OJ, they're all in decline, and they think it's because of like the fast-paced lifestyles that everyone's living now. Mm. Like they're not wanting to sit down and eat breakfast; they're wanting, yeah, or maybe yeah. not even eating breakfast at all. So like those are the the concept of that is like disappearing. And forty percent of millennials who were surveyed by Mintel in two thousand fifteen said cereal was an inconvenient breakfast choice because you had to clean up after it. True, <laughs> and you and can't it's just, true, like, it's always, just like toss. We always like leave yeah. our bowl. We're so mm-hmm. lazy that it's like. Literally, we've maybe gotten to the point where millennials are like, versus having like a granola bar exactly. where you just like toss like it in the something garbage that after. I can. Or a pogo and just throw We're it soylent. out. Exactly. So, like, it's kind of interesting to think that even like the concept of that way that we used to eat breakfast might even be disappearing. And it's finally, true. last thing I'll say when it comes to nutrition, I just finished this like long article in the magazine about it, and it's like, you it's so hard to give one person a nutrition yeah. advice because it's so related we all to have different bodies. Exactly, we all, have different, and we all like, have
2: different mentalities that help us work in different ways. Yeah, it's like know.
3: broccoli. Literally, the chemicals in broccoli can be so important for people suffering from a specific disease at a specific age. And to say <laughs> then you say, oh, that <laughs> are bro- you
2: talking about gout? <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: <laughs> but it's like that actually is the most healthiest food choice for that person. People want to hear, right. eat broccoli to make you healthier. But it's like. It's mostly like eat broccoli if you're this age and you're suffering from this disease to get healthy.
2: Right. I mean, broccoli is obviously generally healthy for many people, but I see what you mean. Like like some people should focus on it it as a food. And it has like
3: specific nutrients in it that could actually combat something that you're suffering. But in general, that's why it's important to speak to a nutritionist. And speak about your own history,
2: mm-hmm. and we can't really give unanimous advice. But breakfast, I'd is say, <laughs> like, I'd say to end on my note, like, <laughs> listen to your <laughs> body, listen to your body. You know, like, and, but be willing to try the things. Like, sometimes it's worth, and you can't just try it for one day. If you really want to commit to something, you got to give your, your body time to honestly adapt to like suddenly taking in calories in the morning. If you want to try to go to breakfast, but po goes a no go, okay, for breakfast. I don't know about that. Like, I Pogo's pretty, a no go. I feel pretty good about that. Anyway, okay. Listen to your body Slash eat breakfast That's what Greg thinks um, Thank you for listening We're excited for 2019 Yeah Are we? I am But I'm like Isn't that what everyone feels At the beginning of every year I don't know That's true Like, well, Maybe we'll do a little Check back in about 2019 And I'm right
3: a here. little bit like Why isn't it In your face amazing yet You know That's what I mean I'm just true. like it's been three days like why well, haven't I won the lottery like it's supposed to be a good year like I'm a little bit like come on 2018
2: you've won the lottery because you've never bought a lottery ticket in your trip. life trip 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 trip, trip, trip. Um, but yeah thank you guys for listening let us know what you want to hear from us in the year 2019 uh, you can use the hashtag side note podcast that's what the hashtag is right And uh, oh you know what I finally figured out how I can repost people on Instagram who tag me in it I I finally figured that out oh my god I didn't understand until literally uh, someone didn't explain this to me I think Greg should have taught me but he didn't Um, so if you tag me in your side note promos I'll obviously share it Um, I'm excited to do that and otherwise you can message us at the handles at Mitchell Moffitt or at PLZ. and we're excited for the year we'll see you next week